It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farkas. And I'm Stacy Kostankos. Welcome to episode 26 on October 17th on this memorial of St. Ignatius of Antioch, Bishop and Martyr. We are happy that you joined us today. We just came off of a big uh, retreat weekend. We held our first Women at the Well retreat, Women at the Well. So we based the retreat on that Bible story of the woman at the well. And the women came and had an encounter with Christ and we bonded and supported each other. And it was all very nice (laughs) with lots of frou-frou. Yes. (laughs) I also want to just express my deep gratitude for anyone who's been following the story on, on Facebook, the only social media I really use uh, about my grandson, Amias, uh, who passed away yesterday and um, was beautifully prayed for and loved in this life. So um, without further ado, Miss Stacy, you taught women how to pray at the retreat this weekend, and I'm looking forward to you starting this Monday off with one of your beautiful prayers. <laughs> okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, in all things, we give you praise, and we we thank you for loving us and holding us up and catching us when we start to fall. And we thank you that you can when we can't and help us to surrender to you, Lord. You are a good father and um, we love you and we need you and we trust you. Please, as always, Lord, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we may comprehend the scriptures, that you would give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you in Jesus name. Saint Ignatius, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. All right, well, as I do every morning, I encourage you at some point today, pick up your Bible, grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and spend some time with the Lord. So like Stacy said, today is the memorial of Saint Ignatius of Antioch bishop and martyr, and I have just a few bullet points that I wanted to uh, address about him. Um, It is said that he was a disciple of John the Apostle, so I love, like I think I said before in a a previous podcast, I love to find the saints and writings of those who lived close to the time that Jesus was here, and he absolutely did. Uh, tradition even arose that he was one of the children whom Jesus took in his arms and blessed. I thought that was very interesting. I did not know that about him. Um, he's known to be the first person to use the word Catholic to describe the whole church. He was sentenced to wow. death in 107 and was escorted to Rome. Um, his sentence was to be uh, killed by animals. But during this journey, 
he wrote seven letters. And so that's um, a lot of the uh, teaching that we have from him are in these seven letters that he wrote. And one of the letters, he said, I no longer take pleasure in perishable food or in the delights of this world. I want only God's bread, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ formed of the seed of David for I drink for and for drink. I crave his blood, which is love that cannot perish. And I thought, oh, I love that. I love that. Um, he also was known to call the Eucharist the medicine of immortality. <laughs> I love that too. Mm -hmm. uh, one other, one other, um, in the letter that he wrote to, and this is a, this is a tricky word for me, but he <laughs> wrote it to the, uh, I guess the church of Smyrna, so the Smyrnians. <laughs> I was practicing that early, Smyrnians. <laughs> We can picture the word in our minds. I know, I know. I have to, I have to say it over and over. Uh, I can even go online, though. I found that I can go online and I can have the. Uh, there's a, a website that I found where it, I can type it in and it'll say it for me. <laughs> yes, I use it too. <laughs> um, but he said on here uh, in this letter, they abstain. So he's talking about. Um, a dispute that's going on. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer because they do not confess that the Eucharist is the flesh of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Flesh which suffered for our sins and which the Father in his goodness raised up again. They who deny the gift of God are perishing in their disputes. So I, uh, like I said, I love to read the quotes where um, those that lived right around the time of Jesus talked about the Eucharist. And he also talks about succession in his letters, but I didn't, I didn't go into that. But so again, we ask St. Ignatius, pray for us today. Amen. Amen. Um, today we are going to read the daily reading found in the second chapter of Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you once lived following the age of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the desires of our flesh, following the wishes of the flesh and the impulses. And we were by nature children of wrath like the rest. But God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love he had for us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, brought us to life with Christ. By grace, you have been saved, raised up, raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable richness of his grace and his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and this is not from you. It is the gift of God. It is not from works. So no one may boast for we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. Oh, that's a, yeah. I, I love all of that. But um, we only have a short time this morning. So <laughs> I'm only going to talk about two things that stood out. Thank and you for reading it. <laughs> The first that stood out to me is, but God, who is rich in mercy because of the great love he had for us. This is one of, I actually say this a lot because I love the but gods in the Bible. Um, 
when you see a but God, you know something's about to happen. God's about to do something. Things, Something's about to change. God's going to intervene and, and turn something around. So I love that. Uh, so I wanted to share just a few of my but God scriptures with you. In Acts 3.15, it says, The author of life you put to death, but God raised him from the dead. I mean, they're saying you you put Jesus to death, but he overcame death. You tried to keep him down, but God raised him from the dead. Acts 7, 9 says the patriarchs were jealous of Joseph and they sold him into Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his afflictions. His jealous brother sold him into slavery and told his dad he'd been killed by an animal. But God rescued him and rescued him from his afflictions, turned everything around. And then it tells us in Genesis 5, 50, 20, uh, that you intended to do evil to me, but God decided to make it serve a good. So <laughs> what the enemy meant for evil, God can pull good out of. Have you ever seen a bird fly right into a glass window? Just flying along thinking, <laughs> What wonderful weather we're having here. Oh, what a beautiful day. Again, boom. That's what happens sometimes in life. I really don't know how people handle that moment without God. Those moments come, but God takes what the enemy means for bad and some miraculous, beautiful, wonderful way that we can't see, especially in that moment, he'll bring some good out of it. He never leaves us or abandons us. And thank God we have a God because only God knows what we need in those moments. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, I planted the seed and Apollos watered, but God caused it to grow. And there was something interesting that I saw when I was kind of pulling up these um these scriptures. Um, it says in Hebrews 10, day after day, every priest stands to perform his ministry, offering over and over again the same sacrifice that can never remove sins. But Jesus offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, then took his seat at the right hand of God, where he now waits until his enemies are made his footstool. There was a footnote underneath this scripture, and I thought it was so interesting. I wanted to be sure and, and read this to you. Every priest stands to perform his ministry. Jesus took his seat. Members of the Levitical priesthood always stood because their work was never finished. Jesus took his seat because his work was completed. I just thought that was interesting and wanted to add that little tidbit in there. So the other scripture that stood out, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from you. It is the gift of God. It is not from works, so no one may boast, for we are his handiwork, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared in advance beforehand, that we should live in them, that we should walk in them. So I kind of combined a couple of translations there. 
We should live in the good works, walk in those good works. And this got me thinking, we aren't to go around boasting about all the good things we do. More so, it should be who we are, what we do, how we live, how we walk. Perhaps walking and living in the good works that God intended us to walk and live in because he prepared them for us in advance before we were born could be the day to day, everything we do for God. Because the Bible tells us that in all that we do, word or deed, do in the name of Jesus and do all to the glory of God. I I guess what I'm saying is we can't stop living our day-to-days waiting for a big assignment because our big assignment, the good works, the plans and purposes are found in the day-to-day in the small moments alone with Jesus and the laughter we share with family and the tears we cry with our friends, our loved ones. While doing a daily chore, while listening to the divine mercy or Christian music, singing and praising to him throughout our day, just living out each day today, the good works he has for us so that we can be good stewards of the varied graces of God and use whatever gift each one of us has been given to serve one another, letting each other see us walking out our day to day. In First Peter, it says, whoever speaks should do so as one who is speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves should do so with the strength that God provides in all things. Let God be glorified through Jesus Christ, for to him belong all glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Just thinking how true that is and how how it just makes so much sense as life keeps going on this this thing about just walking in grace and not knowing what everything's going to bring you and and asking god what are the words i need to use what are the things i need to say very much so i mean in you know just being real on the podcast it's it's very very heavy on my heart this morning um I know. As a grandmother, um, seeing my daughter hold her baby as he passed away yesterday is not something I, I woke up yesterday morning thinking I was going to do. No, no. And, um, and it is, I, I'm just so glad. I was like, if I could just get to the podcast tomorrow, I'll listen to Stacy and, <laughs> and everything will make more sense. I really had that, that feeling because, um, you know, as we get to be older women, more mature women, I always like to think about what kind of old woman I'm going to be. I want to be a grace filled woman. Like I want to know what to say and do in the moments. And yesterday it really came home to me, the strength of our faith. I did not want any of that to happen. I was having breakfast with my daughter, literally just having breakfast at the hotel over here in Fort Worth having a nice breakfast. And we got the phone call that they were doing CPR on her baby. We were going up to the hospital to see him and he was doing well. He was, his oxygen levels were up. He's in the NICU, a very premature baby born at 28 weeks. And all of a sudden like that, we're running to the car and I'm driving my Mustang a hundred miles an hour down the road to get her to the hospital. And and I didn't, and I didn't know in that time between I dropped her off at the front doors and the time I parked the car in a, in the wrong space. Cause I didn't really care and ran up to the, to the floor myself. I had like three or four minutes to think about what am I going to say when I get into that room? And the, 
the first thing I said is she needs to hold her baby because they were doing CPR and they had been doing CPR for about 10 minutes and you know, it, he wasn't responding. And I don't even know how I knew to do this. It was grace. I had to set her down in the chair myself. I had to put my hands on her shoulders and say, Abby, sit down. They're going to hand him to you. And she was, she didn't, she didn't want that. She didn't want that. She wanted him to keep trying. And, and I, the doctors couldn't do it. Nobody could do it. I had to be there to tell her to sit down. So she would have that moment of, of holding him as he fell asleep and went to heaven. Mm. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's all right. And I'm so glad she had that. Yes. Yes. And I, did, I was thinking about the scripture today. <sighs> for we are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm. And for that little baby's life that God has prepared in advance that we should live in them. But you say, Stacey, God knows the end from the beginning. And, and God knew what was coming. Yeah. He knew this little boy wasn't going to be with us very long. And I guess he knows how bad it hurts right now. But uh, but um, you do, you do kind of walk by grace. You know, you just walk by faith, walk by grace. You, you don't know what's going to happen. And I had the thought later in the day, like if my daughter, who's struggling with her faith because of all of this, if she asked me, why did this have to happen? My answer is going to be, which is not not something Stacey Drosenkos likes to say very much. My answer is going to be, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the purpose is in all of this, but I do believe that someday we will understand. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know what it is today. I, I don't I can't really tell you. Stacey, she was so blessed to have you there with her and what she couldn't do on her own. You as her mother were strong enough to make sure she did. And she's going to be so thankful for that one day she's going to appreciate that yeah and we were we were talking about all of this and stacy walked through this whole thing with me and to all the people on facebook who who prayed so many prayers and and were right there with us feeling it thank you for your prayers mm -hmm. i'm not sure where all this is going to go but i i do believe that we will we will look back on this and understand it someday we did want to follow up on the retreat a little bit today just because it was such we had our retreat on women at the well yes. and we Stacy and I came up with that title. So proud that, that <laughs> we listened to God to give us that title. <laughs> yes. We are all the, the woman at the well. So some degree or another, we are all the woman at the well. <laughs> and I really saw that with the women at the retreat. I mean, we did it at the uh, Hideaway Lake Lodge and it was beautiful because we had we had set all the tables up where we could kind of see out the windows. It's just a whole wall of windows so you can overlook the lake and, and all the beautiful trees. I mean, the, the, the view was gorgeous. It was it just was. beautiful. And uh, we we came in and we just did uh, that morning. We talked about the woman at the well and the story and how she had her encounter with Jesus and how I, kind of our interpretation of, of how she responded to Jesus and how he, you know, responded to her. And, um, and then we talked about, we talked about the, uh, uh, well, we had father Bailey come in and he, he talked to the ladies and then he did a time of confession and, so we emptied everything out. We just gave our good, bad, and ugly to to the Lord that morning, and yeah. uh, 
And then that afternoon after lunch, we we talked about our uh, the strength finders assessment that we all did, which was really unique. I think the women really enjoyed that because it kind of gave us some aha moments about ourselves and how we're wired and how God created us. And if God did create us to walk in these good works that he prepared before we were born, then the strengths that he gave us equips us to do that. And so it was just kind of a a neat eye opening moment, I think, for Mm -hmm. some of us, for me. Um, And then after that, once we had emptied everything out and figured out how God wired us, we filled our cups back up and we did it with an elegant Texas style tea party. It was good. Penny was amazing. Penny Vandenbrook. She spoke at the um, East Texas Pro-Life Team Leadership Mm -hmm. Camp that we held last summer. She's our, she's our, um, She she is lovely. We need to oh, have her yeah. on the show sometime. Penny is absolutely. I would her, love to tell her story. She was living out in California uh, when she was younger. She was in in jail for three months for praying at an abortion clinic, yes. and uh, she she tells her story about using that time that got, she didn't understand. Talk about not understanding God's will and, and right. what's happening right in front of you. She said I, she didn't understand, but she came to understand that she was put there to minister to so many women. Almost That's- all the women she met in the jail had had abortions and, and mm-hmm. that, that had been one of the turning points in their lives. And, and she had tea parties in jail. So they didn't have tea. They just used whatever they had, but she brought the form to it. She brought the formality and, and the dignity. And it was a time when those women, she taught them how to sit around the table and have civil conversations and listen to each other and be interested in each other's lives. And uh, so she came to our retreat to do it. And she's so passionate about it. She, she tears up just talking about her desire to serve women in that way. And so she was insistent that she serve the women at the retreat. Oh, and, and it, she it was beautiful. She did beautiful. such a good job. And, you know, Stacey, that is the story of Joseph right there. I mean, she was in jail. And, of course, at the moment, probably thinking, Lord, why am I here? What's happening? How did this even happen? How did I get from, you know, point A to point B. Like, how did I get here? And God used it for good. I mean, yeah. she was such a blessing to so many women. I know she impacted the the futures of so many women yeah. by the way she was able to minister to them during those three months. But she made these scones that were scrum delicious. So good, not a mighty. They were so yes. good. <laughs> They, they were large. They were big, two different ones. And she gave us little bags because she said, oh, you probably won't be able to eat it all. I did not need a bag. I ate every bite. It was so good. <laughs> white and we, chocolate. Oh, and it was uh, what, what cranberry white chocolate. Yes. And then a, a dark chocolate and orange rind. Oh, man. It was, it was good. Yeah, if we do an, another, when we do another retreat, you've got to yeah. come. Penny, we're going to ask Penny to make those again. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed being there. We had such a, diff, a diverse group of women at there. And one thing Stacy and I really focused on was making sure there was enough time for discussions. So yeah. uh, throw out a little bit of nuggets of ideas and then have time for discussion. 
And mm -hmm. I think the women really enjoyed discussing their strengths. So we okay. use something called the Clifton Strengths Finders. Mm -hmm. And I've done some work with Lisa um, Mladenich before. She started her own organization called Wonderfully Made. And she recorded a video for us. And we had um, a part of the registration uh, got each woman a code to go and take the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment themselves. And then the women were able to, after they faced their good, bad, and the ugly and tore it all up and gave it to Jesus in the at the cross and at the foot of the crucifix, and after they went to confession with our, our priest, Father David Bailey, who gave a wonderful talk, yeah. they then got to talk about their strengths with each other, which was so wonderful. That is an amazing tool. It was really mm -hmm. neat watching the women talk about their strengths, the ones they really liked in the, you know, and reading it and talk about how that that's me, that that yeah. describes me. That is something that I have that I do. And yeah. I can see now that this other thing is not something I do. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. but it, it was it's a really eye opening assessment tool. And it is created by a Christian man who who knows about the human person, body and soul. Yeah. So it it is a it's a really good assessment you know it's an assessment it's not going to tell you everything about yourself but it it does kind of give you permission to be who you are yes absolutely that's that's exactly perfectly put there and this week we'll be posting some pictures that we took on our facebook page so you can go and and see yeah. um, pictures of the retreat um we did have a photo kind of booth set up where you can have <laughs> pictures with your friends and um, the ones you came with and the new ones that you made. Yeah, so it was, it was fun. We laughed. We, we teared up a little bit. Okay. We laughed a lot and I think it went great. It did. And in the end of it, we talked about something that's, it's very close to my heart, but it's also something I think Stacy and I are going to be, doing more work in this area. I'm not, you know, again, walking by faith, yeah. <laughs> not by sight. I'm not totally sure where this is going to go, but I can, I feel it. Okay. This is what I feel. Last week was the 60th anniversary of Vatican II. And there was a whole lot of dialogue in the Catholic cyberspace about what has happened with Vatican II since then. Stacy and I were reading articles and talking about it, but mm -hmm. I, I ended, we talked about this at the very end of the conference. Like what is women's role in the church? And by that, I mean, how do we use our strengths? How do we overcome our fears and doubts, our good, bad, our, you know, how do we use our strengths, mm -hmm. our good, but how do we overcome our bad and our ugly, our, our fears and our doubts and our anxieties and our, our, our hesitations? How do we put ourselves who God made us to be at the service of the church. How mm -hmm. do we help build the church? Yeah. And I'm not talking about, we want to be priests. Like I'm not even remotely no, talking either. about that. I, I just have to say that. Cause when you say, how do we, what is women's role in the church? There are a lot of people that say, well, y'all should be priests." No, we shouldn't. No, we shouldn't just know. <laughs> we need to do an episode on that. No, no. The priesthood is after Christ. Christ is a man, the end. But there is a role for women in the church as mm -hmm. women, and there's a role for each individual one of us. But there's also there there are things we gifts we have to bring to bear on the church. And I'm talking about our insights into relationship building, our insights into people skills, our insights into praying over each other. That's something mm -hmm. Stacy taught the women how to do. Um, and just in helping build. I mean, just to give you a tangible example, so I'm not just talking abstractly. I, I very much, having worked with a lot of priests, 
guys, priests don't know what it's like to be a mother, a woman. And, and, you know, they may have relatives who are women who have children or men who have children, but they don't live the daily family life the same way the laity who are married and raising a family do. It's mm -hmm. different for them. Priests just don't know that life. And so I've found it very helpful. I've seen other women do it. I've tried to do it myself. When women take the time to befriend the priest or even invite them to your home, invite them to dinner, um, make them a part of your life so that they can talk to you about issues in families, about what families are facing, about what parents are facing when their kids become teenagers, um, just the challenges. I've met a priest before who had listening sessions with his moms. He would arrange for childcare in one part of the church and have um, dinner ready for the moms in another part of the church. And he would just sit and listen to them for uh, you know, a couple hours a month. It would, it's something that where the moms kind of got a break, but the moms also got to tell the priests what kind of hardships they're enduring, what kind of things they fear the most, what they struggle with the most, so that he can minister to them and pastorally care for them better. And it, it was a beautiful thing. And, and that's an example of what I mean by what is women's role in the church. I think we can help our priests in that way, help priests pastor the domestic church um, better by helping them understand what we go through better. So, you know, not in a fighting way, not in just, I think there's a lot that women can do there as laity to help priests and bishops um, in the, build the church and build our own families. Yeah, I think there's uh, there's a lot there. I think with the retreats going for forward, um, you know, we want ongoing equipping. We want learning more about ourselves and about scripture and about prayer and how to walk out and walk in the day to day good works that mm -hmm. God created us to do. I mean, that's that's summing it all up what you just said that we want to be able to be his hands and feet here on this earth yes. and to love others and, and allow him to love others through us so that we can link arms with one another, pull one another in closer, you know, lead each other to Christ. Isn't that, you know, uh, just helping each other get to heaven and yeah. building the church, God's church which takes on a whole new meaning for me now that I'm Catholic. It's building yeah. God's church. Yes. It's a, it, it's, it's such a um, bigger assignment, you might say, you know, but we can do that in our day to day. We don't know the lives that we touch, how that's going to make that ripple effect, you know, throughout eternity, just being there and, and allowing God to love these ladies and, and our priest through us. So, Yes. Very good. Well, thank you for joining today. We will see you tomorrow morning with scripture and tradition. Talk about um, living the life of faith. Um, St. Amias, pray for us. I'm Stacy Trusenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <music>